return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Thank you, Jesus. I love that song. You know, remember when the widow put in the two mites um, into the offering plate when she went to the, to the temple? And uh, she wasn't really giving money, was it? She was giving herself. She was giving her whole self to Jesus, amen, to the Lord. And, uh, and those others were giving in maybe part of themselves. They were putting in a little bit, but saving a lot, right? But she was giving in her whole self. And even when we give, when we worship the Lord, but when we give, um, yeah, we're giving a tithe, we're giving a tenth apart, but we want to do it by giving our whole self to Him, Amen. That's what we're really doing is we're giving our whole self to him. It's not about the amount, um, but it's about the heart. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, and so it's good to, good to do that. Amen. Um, I just want to first just pray for everybody that was affected by the storm that came through um, Brookings, the surrounding areas, I know Castlewood, Madison, other places around. Um, uh, Natalie and Mike praying for you guys, just that electricity comes back on, uh, just all the work that needs to be done at your guys' place, and we, we love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we just thank you. Lord, we just thank you that uh, you make all things new, that you are God of restoration. So we just thank you that even now, as, as uh, the cities kind of put themselves back together, Lord, and people are helping, and people are doing things, Lord, I thank you that you give supernatural strength, Lord, that you give supernatural rest, Lord, and peace um, for every situation. Lord, for anything that anybody's going through, Lord, for those that maybe didn't have as much damage, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that blessing, Lord. And for those that, that maybe had more damage, Lord, we thank you that um, they'll be encouraged by people coming and lifting them up. Lord, and that even through this, um, that, that uh, your word goes forth, Lord, even through this, what, the, what Satan meant for evil, you turn around for good, Lord, and so that people could even be saved through this thing, Lord. And we just give you all the praise in glory, in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Bradley, why don't you come up here real quick? You can have who you want to come up, mom and dad here. We'll go to both mics. We have, we have Facebook Live going. Praise the Lord. Amen. Do you want to introduce yourself first? Hey, my name is Bradley. Now, they just get liver transplant. Amen. <laughs> Amen. A liver transplant. So, how do you, how are you feeling right now? Good. You're feeling good. Mm-hmm. You look good. Yeah. Amen. And so, that was just under a month ago. It was under a month ago. Under a month ago, and they at, said six weeks at the earliest. At didn't the they? earliest, he would be able to come home at six weeks. Wow. Um, they usually keep you three months. Right. And three months. Um, he's been a miracle from day one. Amen. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. You Amen. Yeah, I'll fill in some of the blanks, and then Sheila will fill in my blanks. Okay, that'll work. Yeah. 
That's usually how that works, right? Okay. First of all, see that sign back there? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I can't say enough about Jesus is Lord. We had Caleb just a couple of weeks ago. He is completely uh, celiac free, and he is eating wheat like you wouldn't believe. And no after effects. And this all stemmed from this healing service. And then little Bradley had his little healing service. And I was praying over him when we came up here. And he told me not to pray for his current liver. That Jesus was giving him a new one. And to pray for that instead. So we did. And then, what was it, two weeks? Three weeks? Three weeks. Saturday we get the call. Day before Easter. Head over to Rochester, Minnesota at Mayo Clinic. We have a liver for him. And it was, it's just been a miracle sense. I mean, when God says, I'm the way maker, miracle worker, he certainly really, truly Amen. is. And if anybody doesn't believe in healing services, I'll tell you, I thought it was a thing of the past. I really did. I mean, I grew up a lot in Baptists and things where they say that's all Old Testament almost stuff. Uh, they don't realize how much New Testament it really is Amen. today. And uh, he was just amazing. He was supposed to stay in the hospital for three, four weeks. He was supposed to then be outpatient for another six to nine weeks. So Sheila's right about the 12-week thing. He went in the following Sunday for another operation because one of the arteries was larger than the other, and so they had to make it even. Otherwise, you got like a two-inch fire hose trying to go into a one-inch pipe, right? Mm -hmm. So they had to kind of fix that a little bit. So he got the cuts again. Same exact spot. So he should have started from that was day one to go four weeks and then like that. Well, two weeks after that, one, one week he's out, out into what, Ronald McDonald House. And then we were there for another 10 days, maybe two weeks, two weeks. See, I told you she fell in the blanks. And then um, we, got, we got to go home. But uh, I know Sheila has a couple things to say, too, uh, about this whole experience. Amen. Yeah, so when um, he came out of the first uh, surgery, the doctor was perplexed. She was literally standing there like this. I know you saw her. She was, she was like this. And, and we thought maybe we were too early because they called us and told us he was out of surgery. He was back in the room. And uh, what she was perplexed about was Bradley was already showing that he was um, ahead of the game, so to speak. Mm. So she couldn't understand it. And she said... He normally would be on a vent because he was on a breathing vent when he came out, and they leave you on everything in case they have to rush you back into the OR. And she was explaining that to us, and she said normally we're gonna, we would keep him on the vent for an entire day at least until we knew everything was okay. But his body is responding so well that we're actually taking him off the vent within the hour of wow. surgery. Within the hour. And she could not understand it. Oh, and he needed no units of blood during surgery. Zero. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and she said his body was already responding, and she, she couldn't understand it. She wow. couldn't understand it. We wow. understood it. <laughs> and we said so in the hallway. We were saying, well, this is, this is a miracle, and this is God. And she says he's absolutely a walking miracle. So Amen. we just wanted to share that, and, and he just kept going from there. So Amen. thank you so much for all your prayers. We do. We thank everybody for their prayers. I know there was a lot going out there. And he, was, he said the day that he was getting it, and the nurse said to him, 
um, are you okay, Bradley? And Bradley said, yep, this is the best day of my life. And this wow. is before the liver. Now, you've got to remember, everybody, if, a little anatomy and physiology for one second. I'm not going to steal his sermon or anything here. But it's the largest internal organ in your body. It's also the bloodiest. The fact that he didn't need any units of blood was yeah. insane. I mean, because you're cutting open the bloodiest organ in the body and not needing a unit of blood was really wow. miraculous. It really absolutely was. So I know that everybody has, a lot of people have heard, they always wanted a Jaguar, right? You've heard, you've heard me say that before, haven't you? No? Yes? Just, say, just, just humor me for a minute. But you know what I got? I got a little Mercedes instead. Yeah. That adorable. <laughs> so he is my little Mercedes. And I really thank the Lord for that very much. Amen. Uh, yeah. cuts yeah. more, so thank you. Thank so, you. Bradley, real quick, real quick, real quick. So what, what's your been, been your favorite thing to eat so far? Spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> Did you have the crab legs like you wanted? Yeah. Were those pretty good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. He, Amen. He's eaten everything he could possibly get his hands Praise on. The <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, let's just... I'm just going to pray a blessing on you guys here. And I just want to say, Father, we just thank you for touching Bradley, Lord. We thank you for this quick recovery, this miraculously quick recovery that he's had, Lord, and that you are just, from here, there's, the sky is the limit. There's no limit on what you can do, Lord. And we just thank you that anybody else, Lord, we thank you, we pray for organs in this place. Lord, we thank you that if you did it for Bradley, you will do it for everybody else, Father. Anybody else. So we just thank you for blessing the Shore family. Lord, we thank you for the miraculous healing with Caleb as well. That you're blessing Sophia. Lord, that you just you just have your hand on this family, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Mm. Hey, when you got the, the nurses at the Mayo Clinic perplexed, there's something going on, isn't there? Amen. Amen. God, our God is so good. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, Wednesday, we have our prayer service here at noon. And then our... So first off, just today, I just want to say, I know most of, most of us know this is true, but I want to say it publicly. God was not trying to judge Brookings or the surrounding area with the storm that happened on Thursday and Friday. Amen. I, I think... You know, sometimes, you know, remember Hurricane Katrina, and you had a lot of people saying, well, God's really judging them for Mardi Gras and, and for, you know, the things that happen on Bourbon Street and different things. And uh, that's just not true. Uh, we want to make sure that we line up events that happen with the Bible. And, you know, I don't know if anybody will say that about this, um, being a, a smaller area, but you might hear somebody say, uh, well, God is judging Brookings for whatever it is. God is judging Castlewood for whatever it is. And, and it's just not true. Amen. Um, he's not trying to teach anybody a lesson whose houses were damaged. Uh, there's no um, sign from God as far as why, why did this storm occur? What, what did we do wrong? Do we have unforgiveness? Anything like that. Um, and I really feel like you know, we hear this a lot here at the church, but, and it should be really elementary at this point, but God's not mad at us. Amen. Amen. He's, not, he's not judging us as far as um, these, these events that are happening, um, uh, fires and earthquakes and tornadoes and winds and different things. It's, he's not judging us in this time. Amen? Amen? Anything where destruction follows, God's not in it. Right? Satan comes to what? He comes to steal 
to kill and to destroy. Amen. And I think we say this a lot, we talk about this a lot, but it's important just to continue to remember. And, uh, you know, I mentioned New Orleans and a lot of Christians saying that God was judging them for Mardi Gras and different things, or that maybe it wouldn't have happened if they would have just repented early. Um, but, you know, there were Christians down there that were living there that were affected as well. I mean, churches and different things. Um, you know, Pastor Dave always said, I, I haven't you know, researched it, and I'm, I'm sure he's, he's right about it, that, that Bourbon Street wasn't really even affected by the hurricane. And so, you know, we have to look at events that happen in the world, and we have to line them up, up with the Bible to say, well, is this, is, what, is this what the Bible says? Is this the character of God? Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, so there's three things I want to talk about before I get into my message. First of all, God isn't going to attack his people, especially in a covenant of grace. Amen. Amen? He's not out there attacking us. He's there to heal us. He's there to set us free to deliver us. Amen? He wants good things for us. Secondly, the Bible says that the rain, and the rain I like to say is grace, right? His grace falls on the just and the unjust. Amen? And uh, in Luke 13, 1 through 5, Jesus talks about a couple incidents that happens in that time. He says, There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower of um, Siloam and fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And what he's saying is, they didn't die because they were worse than anybody else, because their sin was bigger than anybody else. It wasn't a God intervention where God just decided that they need to go by chance, pluck them out or anything. No, the Bible says Satan comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. Amen. And then thirdly, the Bible says that the Lord is long-suffering, wishing that none should perish, but all come to repentance. Now, who is he talking about? Because if we're a Christian, we've already come to repentance, right? So if he's long-suffering that none should, none should uh, perish, but all come to repentance, he's talking about those that aren't, any, are, aren't already in the family of God. Those that aren't already a Christian, that are, are unbelievers. Maybe those that hate God are, are at war with God. This isn't how God speaks to people in this time. I mean, he doesn't have a geography, a geography book that he flips through up there and he says, okay, who am I going to attack next? Oh, I'm going to attack the Brookings and surrounding area. No, he doesn't do that, does he? He speaks to unbelievers through us. He doesn't speak through storms and winds, but he speaks through us to unbelievers as salt and light of the earth. And he speaks to, to us through the word. So he speaks to unbelievers through us. He speaks to us through the word. Amen. Amen. Even if he speaks to you through a minister or another book, always make sure it lines up with his word. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that Satan comes as an angel of light. And he might come and, and there might be something that you hear or that you read that sounds really good. It sounds really spiritual and fluffy and, and uh, wow, well, this... Everybody believes this, so this must, how, must be how it is. Um, but line it up with the word first, amen, and see, okay, is this really from the Lord? 
Is this really, does this bear witness in my spirit? If it doesn't, then it's probably not of God. And it definitely, if it's not in the Bible, okay, because remember Jesus, in, you know, Jesus did a lot of things that maybe didn't line up with the theology of the Pharisees. You know, that they knew this hard and fast law. But all the things that Jesus did, since this is the last covenant that we've had with him, this covenant of grace, we know that the things in the New Testament are for us today. Amen. So it's not like, well, you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus was saying things that was that was kind of weird or contrary to what the Pharisees thought. So what if he's doing the same thing today? Well, that's not true because he's we're in the same covenant of grace today that we were when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. Jesus was preparing the people. Amen. For this new covenant, for this heart covenant in the in the Old Testament. You know, all the sacrifices were internal. You could sacrifice and you could, you could repent or you could uh, give an offering for things that you weren't even sorry for. You have a trespass offering, you, you sinned, you did somebody wrong, and you don't really care, but I'm going to give my offering. And you were good to go, right? You gave the offering, you were good. But what did, even in the Old Testament, what did God say? He said, I love obedience more than sacrifice. And in this New Testament, when we do anything when we repent, when God forgives us of our sins and we turn the other way, it's all an internal heart thing. Amen? We do it with our heart. And our actions should speak it, but we, it happens in the heart first. Amen? Hallelujah. We don't have to assume God's character and how He works in the New Testament. We know He's love and that He has the fruits of the Spirit. That's who He is because that's who the Bible says He is. So whenever you think and you ever see something happen, think, well, does that show the character of God? Does that show love? Does that show the fruits of the Spirit? Does it show peace and patience, kindness? Okay? And again, I'm probably talking to the choir here, but we want to always be ready. We always want to be ready to give an answer when somebody asks us a question. If somebody asks us, why did this happen to me? Why did my home get you know, why did my home get destroyed, but my neighbors didn't? We're going to come with an answer. And our first answer is, maybe I'm not sure, but I know it's not of God. I know God didn't do this to you. Okay? Amen. Hmm. All right, I'm going to get into my message now. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about uh, hearing the voice of the Lord again. This is our, kind of my part three, um, but I want to talk about hearing through the word. Amen. Again, he's not speaking to us through these um, storms and these things that we go through. Not that he can't speak through these things. Now, what I mean by that is when something happens to me personally, that's negative for me. Maybe Satan comes to, and, and attacks me or, or something. My faith is down and there's something that happens. Well, maybe Jesus didn't bring that thing, but he'll always talk to you, and he'll always speak to you on how to prevent it from happening again, how to go through the storm, amen, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we're not alone, he's with us, amen, so we know that even in life's storms and circumstances, even when the, when the disciples were on, uh, on the sea and the storm rose up, Jesus was there, amen, Jesus was there, okay? He didn't cause the storm, but he calmed the storm. Amen. We want to, you know, it's kind of like, 
Um, you know, in uh, parenting, you know, I'm sure most of us have gotten, you know, way back when we were younger, we got spanked. I don't know who's, who's had, had a spanking in their life, maybe. Um, I was a pretty perfect kid. No, I'm joking. I, <laughs> I had probably the wealth to prove it. Um, but, you know, one thing that I've always heard is, um, and I'm not giving a parenting lesson here either, but uh, parents, you know, sometimes will slap with, like, their hand, you know, slap like, the, butt, the butt with their hand. And, and I've heard that, that you know, um, with the hand isn't maybe as good as with, like, my dad used a spoon, like a wooden spoon, but it had a hole in it, so there's no wind resistance at all. Wow. Um, but what, hap- what could happen is the child, you know, our hands as parents are supposed to be loving. Amen. And so the child might, you know, if you spank with your hand, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody not to do it. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm being very careful here. But the child might look at us differently. Okay, if I use my hand, okay, my hands are supposed to be for love, but maybe they see discipline. Okay. Um, and, uh, and with the Lord, okay, um, there's these situations that we might go through, these circumstances, all right? And if God causes these circumstances, if God causes these storms, but God's hands are supposed to be love, and we're supposed to get this love from the Lord, okay? What happens is in people's minds, if they think, wow, God did this to me, he caused this in my life. He, just, he He's out to destroy me in this area so that I can grow. We don't see the hands of love of Jesus anymore. What do we see? We see the hands of discipline. Okay, Not that he doesn't correct us and guide us. The Bible clearly says that he does. But he doesn't do it in a way that's harmful to us. Amen? The Bible is an instruction manual for us to be followed. It says that it's for instruction of righteousness, reproof, correction, doctrine. And so when he corrects us, when he gives us reproof, um, when he instructs us in righteous, excuse me, righteousness, he does it through his word. And Pastor Dave said this a lot. Um, in John, when it says, I've already, you've already been pruned through the word. You've already been, been um, uh, corrected through the word. Amen. So when he corrects us, it's because we're in the Bible, we're reading, we're, we're looking at things that are dealing with us personally, and we're saying, ooh, I need to correct that in my life. Right? But the Lord, he does it in a good way. He does it in a loving way. And this is the way, main way we hear from the Lord in our life. And so later on, I'm going to be talking about different ways, other ways. Um, I'm not 100% sure the direction I want to go. But mainly, he's going to talk to you and speak to you through his word. That's why it's so important to read it every day so that we can continue to grow. Amen. The Bible says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart because they're life to those who find them. They're health for our flesh. Amen. So it's a, it's a book of life. It's a word of life. It's not always to beat us down. Amen. I love that it says that it's for reproof and correction, but also instructions of righteousness. It doesn't just tell us what we're doing wrong, but it tells us what we need to do right. Amen. It's instruction to righteousness. When there's a situation, ask yourself, what does the Bible say about that? When something comes up in our life, 
that we're unsure about, when we don't know exactly what's going on, it's, what does the Bible say about it? Take God at his word, amen? amen? Matthew 22 says, And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Take that literally. Whatever you ask in his name, receive it. You will receive it. Take it literally. Start asking in faith, because that's what the word of God says. That's not what I say, but that's what, that's what the word of God says. I don't want anybody to, to look at me and say, well, Pastor Andon said this, so this must be correct. I want you to say, no, he gave scriptures. This is what the Bible says, so it must be correct. Amen. It's not about what I say. I'm human. I'm fallible. Amen? I'm not always right. Ask my kids. <laughs> but the Bible is always correct. The Bible is infallible. Amen? God is not a man where, it's, where he lies. It's impossible for God to lie. I think sometimes people don't receive things from the Lord because they don't act on the faith based on the word of God. They might act on faith based on somebody who said something about it. But we're going to act on our faith of the word of God. Don't put your trust in my words, amen, but put, his, put your trust in his words. I was listening to a Charles Capps podcast the other day, and uh, who I'm sure most of us know who Charles Caps is. And he was telling a story about his, his plane. He has a little plane, had enough fuel for about four and a half hour flight, maybe five with the wind behind him. Okay, and, and so they're up in the air, they're flying somewhere, and they get lost. Their instruments go down. They don't know where they are. And uh, the communications weren't working, nothing was working. And, and finally, praise the Lord, they landed where, in somewhere, not where they were supposed to be, but they landed in five hours and 23 minutes. Okay. So he had, his plane had enough fuel for four and a half hours, maybe five, with the wind behind him. And, and the maintenance worker who checked out the plane said that they even still had 17 gallons left of fuel. And, uh, and miraculous, isn't it? He provides our knees. Well, one guy from another town that was in the congregation that night heard the story, got in the car with his wife and showed up and it showed that the tank was almost empty. And his wife said, aren't you going to fill it up? And he said, no. He said, no, God put gas in Brother Caps' plane. He'll put it in mine. So they, he's not a respecter of persons. Okay, so he's using the word. And so they're on the way out of town. They pass by a gas station. He has money in his pocket. Keeps driving. He probably lives, I don't know, I can't remember what it was. He, probably an hour out of town, maybe. And... Uh, and they have the means to fill up, but he keeps driving. About 20 minutes into the country, the car runs out of gas on the side of the road. So what happened? He obviously had faith, right? No, nope, God is going to get me to my house. I don't need to pay for gas anymore. I'm going to get there. <laughs> Seemed to me he had all the faith in the world, didn't it? He had all the faith in the world. He had all the confidence that God was going to get him to his house. But what did he have faith in? Did he have faith in the word? Or did he have faith in what Brother Cap said? Right? We want to have faith in the word. Okay? And the Bible talks about, we're going to talk about it a little later, but it talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen? And it's, so it's true. What's, what's true? God supplies our needs. What else is true? He's not a respecter of persons. But what was the difference? Well, Charles Capps, he didn't have any other option. There were no options. He was up there. He couldn't, he couldn't get fuel. 
Sometimes in life, you know, we, we'll try to skirt by a little bit and say, uh, you know, and, and proclaim it as faith. You know, that, wow, I'm just going to get through this. Um, you know, the Lord's going to provide this for me. And the Lord says, well, I've already provided it. Use it. Reminds me of the story where the town floods, so the guy gets on the roof of his house because the water level is so high. And a boat comes by and offers to help him. And the guy says, that's okay, God's going to save me. Comes by, another, thi- another boat comes by and says the same thing, God's going to save me. Well, the guy ends up drowning, going to heaven. He asks the Lord, why didn't you save me? And the Lord said, I, I tried, I gave you two boats. Amen. He gives us the means. He gives us the means to act in faith based on what we have. Amen. If we don't have anything, he will, we can have faith that he provides our needs. He supplies everything we might need. If we have a lot, we praise the Lord for the blessing, not relying on our resources, relying on God, but still being able to use the resources that we have. Amen. That's what he wants us to do. Sometimes we know the word, but we use it incorrectly in the wrong circumstance. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, We want to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So to rightly divide the word of truth means to understand how to apply what is written in his word to our life. That's how we rightly divide the word of truth. Because there's a lot of things that are said. <clears throat> you know, Satan tends to Jesus, and Satan is quoted in Scripture saying what he said. But is it true? Well, no, he's telling a lie, isn't it? Satan, Satan is the father of lies. He's saying lies. It's true that he said it, but it's not the truth. Amen? So we want to rightly divide the word of truth. We want to know what we're reading, and we want to act on it by faith. Why did the one guy not buy gas? Because he couldn't afford it? No, he could afford it. But he wanted to get free gas. (laughs) I'm sure right now a lot of us are saying, I want free free gas. But we have to rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. James 4.3 says, uh, going back even to asking and you shall receive, but James 4.3 says in the Amplified Classic, or do you ask God for them and yet fail to receive because you ask with wrong purposes and evil, selfish motives? Your intention is when you get what you desire to spend it on sensual pleasure. So if we're requesting for God something that we want for the wrong reasons, selfish motive, we're not going to receive it from him, are we? The Bible says that sometimes when we ask, maybe we don't receive it. Is it because God doesn't want to give us the desires of our heart according to his will? No, of course he does. But why are we asking? Why did the guy ask for gas? Was it because, because he was really wanted to rely on, on the Lord? <clears throat> See, in our life, you know, we can, we can uh, <clears throat> get to a place, <clears throat> excuse me, we can be at a place where the Lord blesses us, but yet some people just want more. Not saying that the Lord's not going to bless us more, but as far as being selfish, then you know, I want more of that. I want more of that. Instead of what does the Bible say, it's more blessed to give than to receive. <clears throat> when we give to God, amen, when we give to others, we're giving to God. It's like when we, we, give, we give our tithes into the storehouse, what happens? He gives back to us. When we give to others, he gives back to us, whatever it is. The Bible talks about 
<clears throat> when we give, we give forgiveness, we give love, good and, and back to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, he'll bless us. Amen. So we want to be able to give out of our resources, out of the desires, or out of, uh, of our, what we have, amen, and give to others maybe that don't have it. So we want to request from God, you know, for the right reasons, right? We want to request things from God for the right reasons. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We always want to walk in boldness, but we want to walk humbly and sincerely. When we ask God for things, we want to ask boldly, but we want to ask sincerely, in all humility. In our times of need, when we ask the Lord for something, He's going to give us what we need. <clears throat> Amen? Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. And so, even in these scriptures, when he tells us to ask and receive, seek and find, knock the door will be open to us, he's speaking to us through his word. <clears throat> Amen. He's speaking to us through his word, but it's our job to ask him to help us discern it, to rightly divide it. Is this something, Lord, that I need? Is this something that I'm asking um, that's going to bring glory to you? Or is it just going to bring glory to me? Amen. Use the word to rightly divide the word. Amen? Use the word to rightly divide the word of God. It's fun to study the Bible because you might read two passages from different books and they fit completely together to form a truth. Amen? Kind of like we just talked about Matthew 21, 22. Um, asking you shall receive. Well, that's only half the revelation. But when you put it together with James 4, 3, and talking about we might be asking amiss, what does it do? It gives us a clear picture of what God's telling us as far as asking things of him. It gives us a clear, clearer picture to say Matthew 21, 22 is part of it, but James 4, 3 is also part of it. We want to put it together, right? Rightly... Use the word for our circumstances. Use the word, amen, to bless the Lord. Like I said, when you put Matthew 21 and 22, when you put it together with James 4, 3, it gives you a deeper insight into asking the Lord for different things. And that's where the revelation and discernment comes from. You get a lot of people that read one scripture and they take that and that's their doctrine. But the thing about the Bible is it fits together so well. The Lord did such a great job of fitting the Bible together that we can read multiple parts and we can get better revelation and bigger revelation of things going on in our life just by putting it together. Oh, it says it here, but oh yeah, over there it says it this way. Wow, that's really good. Amen. Amen. So we can always grow. We can always do things that are going to help us grow. And the Holy Spirit's always talking to us. He's always wanting to talk to us. We just want to have to listen. The Bible says multiple times in the book of Revelation, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. But it's not just about hearing him, but it's about listening to him. If I'm on a phone call and Ryan comes up to me and he's trying to talk to me, okay, and I'm, but I'm really concentrated on this phone call, yeah, I hear Ryan, and I might, hey, go, I'm talking, Right? I hear him, but in that moment, am I listening to him? Unless it's maybe an emergency. 
No, right? I'm listening to the, to the conversation I'm having on the phone. So there's a lot of times where we may be distracted and God's trying to tell us something. Oh, yeah, God, we hear you. I hear you, God, but I'm busy. Okay? He's trying to tell us something, but maybe we're not listening to what he's saying. I think we see that a lot right now. The Bi- you know, people read the Bible. We can read the Bible. And we can even read it every day, which is great, which is something that we want to do. But then we're listening to other voices that have very little to do with Jesus. And so we're hearing the scripture, we're hearing the word, but we're listening to other voices, we're listening to other things. Hmm. Romans 10.17 says in the Amplified Classic again, So faith comes by hearing what is told, and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. So you can say it like this, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes when God speaks to us through his word. Amen. Amen? Faith comes by hearing, and we hear, we listen when God speaks to us through his word. And again, most of the time, he's going to speak to you about something that's applicable to your life. I don't know how many times I've been reading, just like in my daily reading, um, I'm reading the, the schedule or, or a, another part of the Bible, and it's like, wow, that was really timely. Even though the, maybe the reading schedule is the same thing every year, and, and there have been times where I've, I've changed it up and done different things, but, but every day, if you're just listening, if you're just listening to the Lord speaking through, to you through the Word, you're going to find something that's going to help you throughout that day. You're going to find something that's applicable to your life. That's what I love about the Bible. You can read one verse. I could read one verse up here, and, uh, and Kathy might get a word out of it. I get a revelation from the Lord from that verse. But then Deb might get com- something completely different. Same verse, right? Same word of God. But the Holy Spirit deals with us in different ways depending on what we're going through. He deals with us and he speaks to us in different ways, different levels based on what we need, how we can apply that to our life. And, you know, really, why do we come to church? Why do, I, why do Pastor Dave and I stand up here and we talk for 35, 40, 45 minutes? It's not just so that we can talk, right? But our job as pastors is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so even for myself, even as I'm speaking, there's things that the Holy Spirit's putting on the inside of me. And he's saying, <clears throat> Randon, this is maybe an area you need to change. Brandon, this is this what you're saying right here. What I'm saying through you is applicable for you, this in your life. So we all just we always, no matter who it is, we can get something from the Lord. No matter what service we're in, no matter who's teaching, we can always, if we're listening, if we're tuning in. Pastor Dave talks about tuning the radio. If we tune into His frequency, we're always going to get something from Him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If there's anything you're seeking from the Lord, ask Him. Keep in mind, you know, keep it in mind as you're reading the Word. If there's anything that you desperately need from God and, uh, and you're reading the Word, keep that at the top of your mind. Don't forget about it. Ask Him in prayer, amen? And you're going to see how the Scripture relates to your situation. The instruction you get from the Bible can become a daily happening if you want it to be. You might ask God to reveal something to you, and as you read it, He does. I can't remember who the... I can't remember who the pastor was, but uh, a big name pastor, and uh, people would come in for counseling, and, and so the secretary 
um, if they had an appointment, it would be an hour appointment. And so they'd come in, ready for to get this counsel from this man of God, and the secretary gives them a Bible and says, go into the prayer room, and uh, for the first 30 minutes, you just want you to read the Bible. And then the last 30 minutes, you can come in and you get counseling. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were kind of disappointed, like, you know, I came here to get counsel, and you're having me read. But they found that a lot of people that came in had their answer in that first 30 minutes, just by reading the Word. Just because they allowed the Lord to work on them. Amen. Just because it, just they allowed the Lord to speak to them through the Word, they had their answer. Like, oh, praise the Lord. And I believe that we can do that every day. Amen. Every day, every whenever you read, we can dig into the Word and we can say, oh, wow, that really helps. <laughs> that helps for what I'm going through. That helps for uh, the circumstance of my life. The more you do it, the more confident and faith-filled you are that he will show you something that deals with your situation. Amen. So if you read it once and he, and he helps you in that situation, that just raises your confidence. That raises your faith that the next time you need something, the next time that you're dealing with something, I'm just going to go to the Word. And what happens? Again, he answers your prayer. He gives you what you're looking for. And it raises your confidence. It raises your faith. Then rather than worrying about it, we know the last time we just asked the Lord to help us, we read his word and we receive the answer. Okay, so I'm not trying to make it sound like a formula, but there are some principles in here that tell us, well, as we read the word, we grow. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. As I continue to read, as I continue to listen, my faith continues to grow. And again, faith comes by hearing. In order to hear somebody talk, they have to speak, right? So if we can hear the Word of God, that means the Word of God is speaking to us. Okay? If I'm just reading, and I just think, oh, I'm just, I'm just reading the Bible, and you know, he's not necessarily speaking to me, I'm just kind of thinking of things in my head as I'm reading it, well, it's hard to hear if there's something that's not speaking to me. Okay? If Ryan, again, I'm going to use Ryan again, you know, if he's trying to talk to me, but he's talk, you know, talking like this, not, no, nothing's coming out of his mouth. I can't really hear. I'm like, what, Ryan, what are you trying to say? You're not talking. Well, the Holy Spirit speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us. It's not just us reading the Bible and trying to come up with things on our own and uh, us you know, having this revelation by ourselves. No, it's actually the Holy Spirit through the word of God speaking into our life and into our situation. Amen. In John chapter 4, uh, Jesus meets the woman at the well. Okay, We're not going to read the whole story, but Jesus has a word of knowledge about her life. And so we're going to go to John 4.16 here. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said you have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. And so he talked, she talks to him, and she says, I've received your prophet. And he said, sure. No, what happened? So I perceive you're a prophet. And you go down again to verse 28. And the woman left her water pot, went into the city and said to the men, come and see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? So you think Jesus is talking to this woman who's probably having a really bad day. And he speaks into her life. He has a word of knowledge. 
and he tells her, he starts telling things about her life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure he said more than just, you have, you've had five husbands. Because she said, he told me everything I've ever did. I'm sure there was just words of knowledge that he was saying to her that just spoke to her that, you know, the, the word of God pierces to us, doesn't it? It pierces. And so he was just speaking things to her, and she says, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. And the Bible says that Jesus is the word, right? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word of God can and will speak to you about your life. Okay? So all the scriptures that we read, everything that we read in the Bible can be applicable to your situation. Everything... It's not just an ancient history book, or it's not just uh, something that, that we can glean off of others' experiences. No, but he gives you something for your life now, today, what you're looking for today. Yes, we look at the experiences in the Bible, but put it to yourself. That's why we, Deb talks about declarations and declaring the word over yourself. Don't just think of it as a bunch of stories about things that happened in the past. No, internalize it. Give it to yourself today. Amen. Amen. Faith comes by me hearing and me hearing the word of God. Amen. Amen. He supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Put it to yourself. Amen. It doesn't matter what kind of a day you're having. Go to his word for insight in your life. And you're going to find out things about yourself you didn't even know. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active and full of power. Making it operative, energizing and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of a person. That's where it pierces, the completeness of us. It gets down to the roots, amen? And both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Whew. I love that. I love that it's energizing. I love that it's effective. When we read the word, we want to expect God to speak to us. When we read the word, we want to expect things to happen. We want to expect the answer from the Lord. Just like the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. What do we do? We expect to receive. We expect to get these things from God. And that's God through his word. That's how he speaks to us. There might be something you're dealing with in secret. And the Word's going to reveal answers to you. I think counselors are great. I think they can help with a lot of issues that are deep, uh, that they're facing that deep down. But remember that we have the wonderful counselor. Amen. He he lives on the inside of you. You don't have to go and pay $100 an hour to go to him and to ask him for help. Like I said, I think think counselors and doctors, they're wonderful. Amen. But trust in the Lord first. Put your trust in him. Put your faith in his word. Allow him to speak to you first. And he will give you something. He will give you what you need in your time of need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I just want to build this service, really. I want to just build this foundation. Because all of the things that we're going to talk about, as far as hearing from the Lord, it's all foundational on his word. Amen. Because if we start hearing other things and, and, and um, you know, because he can speak to us through anybody. He can speak to us through our spouse, speaks to us through our kids, 
through uh, a book that we read, uh, ministers, different things. But if we don't have the word as our foundation, then how do we know what's right and what's wrong? How do we know what prophecies and what revelations and when somebody speaks in our life, if it's right or if it's wrong, unless we can say, okay, what does the Bible say about that? <laughs> unless we can go back to the word and say, uh, okay, Lord, show me in your word. Give me a confirmation of, of what you're saying through so-and-so, what you're th- saying through my spouse, what you're saying through my coworker. You know that the Lord can even use people that don't know him to speak into your life? He's not a respecter of persons. Amen? He doesn't show partiality. They might not know it. They might not know that he's speaking through them, but he will. He'll speak through people. Amen? And we're going to go through some some different examples of that later as well. So, Father, we just thank you. We just thank you that you are here for us. We thank you that you've given us your word to internalize and to put down deep in ourselves so that we can hear from you. Lord, we know that as we read your word, that you're speaking to us, that you hold nothing back from us, Lord, that we need in our time of need, or that you want to give us in our time of need, Lord. And so we just thank you that we have this. We thank you. We're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful that you love us enough to speak to us one-on-one for our, our situation, for our need, for our circumstance, Lord. And Father, I just pray just that everybody here, Lord, even today, as they read, Lord, as they hear what's happening uh, just around the world, Lord, that when you're trying to speak, they'll be able to listen to you. They'll be able to discern your voice from the other voices that are out there. Lord, Father, we just give you all the praise and glory. We thank you for a great day, rest of the day today, Lord. I pray for the cleanup efforts to go swiftly to be effective, to go quickly, Lord. We pray for those that are still without power, those that are still working on their roofing, their, their, their roofs, Lord, for tree damage and different things, Lord. We pray that you just give them peace, Lord, that even as they work and as they do things, that, that you'll come to their mind, that they'll have an encounter with you, or that they'll think about godly things. Father, we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap off from this morning. Praise the Lord. Well, come on out tonight. I forgot to say that there is a service tonight. Uh, Isaac Tafur is going to be speaking in the back. So come out 6.30. You're going to be blessed. Amen? You're dismissed. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.